0: You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limer 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan. I'm going to be with you for the next hour or so. Uh, you can call zero six nine 200 if you have any questions. Or you can text or WhatsApp your questions to 87 And you can email myself, patrick102fm at com if you have any uh, questions. And, of course, I'll answer them on the next show. And I have a, a simple question from George in Newcastle West this week. And he said uh, he wants to buy a computer to use at home. Uh, but should he buy a laptop or a desktop? And I suppose... Um, when you say to use at home if it's purely to use at home i suppose you would be better off with a desktop but if there's ever the possibility that you're going to be going away somewhere and you want to bring it with you of course the laptop would be the handiest uh but if it comes to performance say for price and things like that i think overall you get more bang for your buck if you have um a desktop i have say i have a laptop um all right, I have had a laptop, let's say came, a standard kind of laptop with, you know, an entry level one before uh, a couple of years ago, say with a Celeron processor, just I was buying on a budget, four gig of RAM and a terabyte of storage. And I have a desktop with a Celeron processor with four gig of RAM and with a terabyte of so almost the same specs. But I found I always found the um, desktop much faster even though the specs were pretty much identical. I dunno it's just something about the different types of RAM. It's the you know, the laptop RAM and desktop RAM and uh even the CPU would be a different type of CPU, even though the specs would be similar. I just find that um I always seem to find desktops a bit a bit quicker and especially for more intensive work and things like that. Uh now since then I have upgraded uh my laptop and upgraded my desktop and uh, I suppose the specs of my desktop have passed out the laptop, but the laptops are very handy, though they're they're you know. And if you're actually, if you're only doing very simple kind of uh, jobs and you don't need a good sized screen, and uh, you know, or or you could get a laptop with a big screen, I suppose, or you could plug in an external laptop or an external screen on your laptop and, and mouse and keyboard and the whole lot if you wanted. If you but if you're not say, doing video editing or audio editing or kind of intensive stuff. If you're just browsing and doing um, kind of normal, uh, looking at your emails and posting on Facebook or Twitter or whatever you Instagram, whatever you use, um, doing a laptop would be fine, you know, uh, and, you, and just in case you need the portability, you would have it there, so uh yeah it depends on your budget and depends on what you're going to be doing with it if you're doing more intensive work and you're definitely always only going to be having it at home uh, i I would recommend a desktop all right plus um the desktops are easier to work on Uh, laptops you can usually with some of them some of them are very easy to access underneath they have like uh openings underneath other ones i've had to lift off the keyboard and split the whole laptop in two kind of to get the to get out to swap ram sticks or to swap uh the hard drive but desktops are generally a bit easier um to swap out uh you just take the 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 side off of them and everything is kind of plug and play enough uh, when it comes to ram and and uh hard drives and things like that they usually clip in and clip out uh so a little bit easier to work on, less screws to be taken out and uh I the most trouble I've had is with the, 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 the thin um uh ribbon cords and things like that, uh getting them back in and lined up correctly. That actually happened to me when I had to change the and I changed the screen on the laptop and it was fine. Uh but I had to change something else and I had to take out the ribbon cord and for some reason it wouldn't I put it back in, it looked like it was in properly Went to boot up and the screen was blank, and then I I tried it again and again. And I I don't, I think it's still at home. I I never got it working again. Was there damage to the ribbon cord or something like that? But yeah, so they're very delicate that way, and they're very everything is smaller and more tightly packed in in a laptop. So if you're ever thinking of doing a bit of upgrading here and here or there, either get a laptop that you can see underneath that you can take out the the hard drive and take out the RAM if if that's what you want to upgrade but if you um if you want to do a bit more work then a desktop would be easier uh, definitely so best of luck with your new purchase George I uh, hope you hope you get on well there and uh, I hope my advice came a little bit handy anyway and, and if you ever have any follow up questions or if anybody else has questions or or even follow up questions on uh what I've uh, talked about on the show you can always uh, contact us uh, on the numbers I said there at the beginning and I'll give them at the end again Uh, Let's have a look at some of the latest in tech. What's going on in the world of tech? Um, The Verge's 24 favorite kitchen gadgets. So let's see. This is on the Verge. uh, See what they say. Have I any of these? Have I used any of these? Uh, Pots, pans and cookers. Air fryer. Yeah, I have an air fryer. Actually, uh, I have one of the glass air fryers. Uh, that has a, like, uh, you can put a ring into it to expand it, to make it bigger. Uh, so you can cook like chickens or turkeys or whatever in it. And it has the, it has the light and it has the, um, the air as well, obviously, cause it's an air fryer and it works good. But say if I put, um, sausages in or something like the, the, the fat sausages, as you call them, or put in chicken fillers or something, it takes about maybe 25 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, or so. But my brother then has one of the black, you know, enclosed ones. And it has the the drawer that pulls out with the handle at the bottom. And he would put in the likes of sausages or things like that. And they would be done in 10 minutes or 12 minutes. I find from having used both and tried them both, I find that the enclosed one, now maybe it's the specs that one i got the, the one i got was fairly cheap anyways about, about 40 euro or something he but his was around the same price um the only thing is i would have more capacity i could cook bigger things and more you know uh more options more flexibility and but he uh, and i have two layers as well i have um there's a, a rack in the bottom, and there's like a rack on stilts above it, uh, so I can put stuff on the top. I usually say if I, I was cooking a breakfast, I could cook the sausages on top and put the rashers on the bottom because they would cook quicker, and then they'd kind of cook at the same time. Um, whereas there's a, a, a less capacity in his one, but it has it. I, it's definitely quicker. So yeah, the the and the air fryer they show here that they're recommending is uh is one of the enclosed ones as well uh we just received a go wise air fryer as a quarantine gift and we couldn't be happier with it, it replaces our microwave uh 10 90 of the time for reheating the food comes out tasting crisp and delicious yeah i'm i'm not a big fan of microwaves especially with um i saw something recently to be very careful about heating up things in plastic containers and microwaves because uh, more and more, where people are being tested and have like microplastics in the bl- in their blood that from consuming it and uh, different things through bottles through cooking especially, and one of the worst of all is the microwave because we all have the containers I have one at home, and i i I must stop using it actually is I, I you know it 's very handy I put the the food in and it has a little button on the top and it uh, to release the steam. But then you wash it and and you see all the bottom is all worn off. Well, that bottom being worn off means bits of plastic is coming off onto the food and melting into the food. And then you're eating the food and you're eating that bit of plastic as well. So, you know, it's not good. Uh, Try to use more glass containers or something like that. Microwave, um, microwave friendly uh, containers that might be better, maybe ceramic or something like that. Whatever would be the safest. Um, Yeah. But, um, yeah, I try to stay away from the microwave as much as I can. A lot of people, you know, leftover pizza or something, they throw it into the microwave for 30 seconds. But it's just so soggy and floppy and everything. What I do with pizza, if I'm reheating pizza, it's actually very good for reheating, but uh, put it in the oven. And I, what I I saw someone recommended one time, put a little glass or a little container uh, of water, um, a bowl maybe, uh, of water into the bottom of the oven and put it on for like 10 minutes and it gets all crispy again and it doesn't dry out too much because the water kind of evaporates and keeps the pizza from drying out that was the 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 philosophy of why they why they use that trick but uh yeah i found it very good and it's it's almost as good as it is as long as you don't overcook it i I had the tendency of overcooking it because i was not hot enough yet and then it's too hard but if you keep an eye on it and uh bring it get it out at the right time uh it works very well for reheating and um in the in the normal oven rather than in the microwave i haven't tried uh oh i did one time i tried to reheat pizza in the air fryer and it was just like burnt on top and and not because uh, it was flat in the bottom i probably made a mistake i should have put it uh in a different part of the air fryer or something i, I may have just laid it into the bottom which was a terrible idea so it was soggy underneath and and burnt on top um but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about reheating in air fryers, how it works that way. But certain things don't kind of work in air fryers, I suppose. Things in containers or liquids and stuff like that wouldn't really work in air fryers, I don't think. I was cooking pork bellies one time, actually. I came up with a good idea. If you ever cook pork belly, it's very nice. Um, but to get the crispy skin on top without it drying out is... Uh, I uh, The pork belly was already sliced, you know, into strips... So I stacked up all the strips. Then, no, it would be, it would have been much better to get one big lump of pork belly. But uh, the, I stood all, all the strips with the skin side up and put, um, made, uh, like, sealed them around uh, all the sides and the bottom with um, tin foil. And I had like uh, different flavorings and stuff, uh, soy sauce and some other different things um, in the bottom to give them a bit of flavor. But the top, I kept it as dry as possible. And then put it into the air fryer and cooked it for like um, 30 minutes or whatever it was. And the skin was really crisp on top. And, uh, you know, you get a good crunch out of it. Uh, and um, that's one thing I don't like, actually, in some of the shops, actually, they sell pork belly with all the skin cut off or a limited amount. And and that's the, that's my favorite part. But anyway, getting back to it. Uh, yeah, it, it because it was sealed all around the sides uh, in the bottom and there was a layer of liquid in the bottom of it. Uh, all the meat part was very um, <coughs> was very juicy and everything. It didn't lose its uh, moisture, and the, the top part was nicely crispy. Uh, so yeah, that was that was very good. Some people like pour oils and stuff on top of the skin, and I, I think that's a bad idea. From what I was looking at, you want to keep it as dry as possible so it gets crispy. That's a little tip. <laughs> um, go wise USA. Oh yeah, that's the air fryer uh so the next looks like uh, a mm-hmm. cast iron pot um, yeah uh i have actually one of those cast iron uh bowls uh but it, it the only thing is it's no it's uh, it's a ceramic uh bowl but you can cook in it it has a lid and all but um it takes ages to get hot yeah it takes no that was with my old cooker i haven't actually tried it on my newer cooker but um yeah, I remember having it on. Maybe it was made for more of a gas. See, I have an electric stove, so maybe it was made more for gas. But uh, I cooked something in it once, and it was like 30 minutes I took the lid off, and it was still cold inside in it. It hadn't fully heated up, so I don't know. Or well, maybe not quite 30 minutes, maybe 10 minutes or, or less. But it uh, a lot longer than a, a normal pot. Um, but uh, So this is this is a cast iron, though. This is a uh, different... Uh, cast, a lot of people are going back to using Cast iron and things with that That's another thing when it comes to health People are put off by the Teflon coating And things like that That they can When they start to degradate That they can be poisonous And things like uh, People are afraid of using them um, And they're going back to the older Aluminium or cast iron Or things like that uh, Cast iron pots are one of my key kitchen tools First off they're essential for getting a great crust On a homemade loaf of bread Oh, so they use them for actual just toast and bread. Put it into it, uh, but they've got a myriad of uses beyond that: soups, stews, roasting, deep frying, and more. Also, they're kind of it, it if going by what they're saying there that they're not the best for non-stick because it's all soups, stews, roasting. So it's all bigger items. It's not a uh, uh, and deep frying rather than shallow frying. Uh, so maybe not the best for, although some pans I've seen them, the, it's how you treat them. I uh, Woks, I've seen it before, that they have to, you have to um, season the wok, isn't it? You have to kind of rub oil on it and things like that after you finish using it as well to kind of prepare it for the next time to keep it seasoned. And that helps to, it puts a layer, it almost makes it non-stick even though it's just aluminium or uh, what would they be made out of iron um, yeah so uh that's uh that's the uh, that's one way of the old fashioned way of making your pan non stick um plus they're relatively cheap, and if you take care of them, they last a lifetime uh, i'm a big fan of Lodge's double dutch ovens since uh, oh yeah that 's the oven in the thing as well uh second cast iron pan making it twice as useful so uh instant pot yeah i've seen those so many times and, and there's like buttons for cooking all different things you can cook rice you can cook uh stews or cook anything in it it's like a, it does anything and uh it has lo- lots of different settings uh for different items yeah i've never used one i've actually my brother's girlfriend bought one i saw it on the counter but i never i never actually tried it Uh, But they do look very interesting. Uh, I've seen a lot of people raving about them. Um, What does it say in the article here? I've never been a great cook, so in an attempt to get me to eat more home-cooking food, my mom gifted me an Instant Pot. This was years ago, and I never looked back. I am the queen of soups. (laughs) But it's such a handy tool to cut down cooking time and effort on almost any dish. For the most part, you just toss in all the ingredients, set the timer, and go about your business. Uh, about 90% of the our quarantine meals have been made in an instant pot. Uh, there's just no time to do anything anymore. And we have made large amounts of healthy food uh, with little attention and have leftovers. I liked it before, but now I'm ready to build a shite. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of that. In fairness, uh, people raving about them, that they're very handy. Uh, but uh, it doesn't g- give it, go into much details about what exactly you can cook in it. If I click on the photo... There was a photo of the all the buttons, all the different settings, but um, uh, it, it, I couldn't zoom in to see exactly what's said on it. But <coughs> yeah, they're, they're famous for being able to cook multiple different types of food. Uh, I only use it once every few months, but I love my julie, Joule, J-O-U-L-E, uh, sous vide. Uh, it takes a bit of setup, but once everything is in the water, bath, uh, my job is basically over in a few hours oh yeah so that's um cooking stuff in a water bath like uh you kind of um seal um food into a bag and then you cook it in water you slow cook it in in warm water or something isn't it uh but once again uh, everything is in the water bath. my job is basically over in a few hours it cooks everything to a perfect temperature every time meaning no more o- or over or under cooking it gets the perfect amount of pink in my steak my veggies don't get mushy my chicken breasts stay moist and don't have to stick everything uh, with a food timer or thermometer 15 times to make sure I don't accidentally give my family food poisoning uh, a sous vide is great I use mine all the time I can get uh, proof bread in it proof bread in it uh, make garlic confit and uh, good meat fish options yeah so I've never used one of those now either Uh, A big wok, it says. (laughs) Every home kitchen should have a big wok. Uh, They're great for all kinds of meals because they heat up quickly and fit a lot more uh, rice, veggies, noodles or whatever all at once. A quick stir fry meal on a busy weeknight is much easier with a wok and probably uh, have enough leftovers for another night. Uh, The only thing about woks is generally um they're better with gas cuz you get the flames up the sides of them because of the the bowl shape um the other uh you know uh, electric hobs and stuff might not be as good now i know there's ones built for those with a kind of a flatter bottom uh, but to get the what do they call it in China? Wok, hey, they call it like where you get the 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 whole purpose of the wok is to toss the food around, stir fry and mix. And when you're making fried rice and things like that, uh, so all the bits of uh, the grains of rice don't stick together. If you're making egg fried rice. Um uh that uh it's best to have it moving around and if you're moving it around you probably need gas so um definitely if you have a gas cooker uh uh, wok is very good uh wok is very good for cooking Uh, ice cream machine is it big yes it's extremely limited in what it can do also yes (laughs) uh can i make ice cream and sorbet whenever i want yes another thing i've never used is an ice cream maker uh yeah, so there isn't too much details about that, but I presume you just uh would you have to get a mix an ice cream? I've seen those cartons of like ice cream mix or whatever. Is you just pour those in and the ingredients or is there do you actually put cream in and put different uh like sugars and flavors and all that? I'm not sure. Um uh food mixers and processors. Um KitchenAid stand mixers are great for mixing cake, uh, whisking, but the thing I most regularly use mine for is kneading dough. Uh, using yeah, it would be handy. All right, I've made pizzas and breads and stuff over the years, and I've always done it by hand. But it would be nice to have um, to have one of them for kneading dough—the ones, that, the, the 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 kitchen ones. Now I have the like the hand mixer, uh, and which is fairly handy. All right, but it won't need. Well it will. It has the, the corkscrew kind of shaped one for doing that, but I find them a bit awkward. Uh, it would be handier in the bowl it's just holding the bowl and it moves the whole thing around, I'd I'd prefer to do it by hand. Um but with the with the proper ones in the stands, but the only thing is with those then you need kinda of good ones. Um my brother's girlfriend I was talking about earlier has uh is she's a baker and uh she was saying that, that she has she used some cheaper ones over the years and they just they don't last Uh, They're not very strong. Well, maybe for a bakery, but maybe at home, maybe a cheaper one might be okay. But um, she ended up getting like an expensive steel, you know, a big strong one because uh, the other ones were breaking down. Uh, So, but one of those would be very handy, uh, the proper, proper mixers. Uh, but uh, the handheld one will do me for the moment. I suppose it all depends on the frequency. If you're getting big into baking and you're making bread all the time, and you know you could invest in things. It all depends on what what uh what you're into. Uh, there are so many great things you can do with cuisine art food processor, pesto, perfectly man- mandolin, uh, veggie slices for lasagna. Uh, so what's this? Is another KitchenAid artisan uh, design series uh, food processor? Oh, okay. Uh, immersion blender. So I have one of those. It's just a handheld blender. Um, yeah, I use that a lot for different things, making scrambled egg. Uh, all kinds of everything, just general mixing. It will always do it better than you can do with a fork and, or a whisk. Uh, it can just do it much quicker. Uh, this is one of my favorite tools in the kitchen. It's a handheld blender that can be used to prepare soups, smoothies, whipped coffee, especially, do you know what, uh, if you're ever, say, mixing gravy or something and it's very lumpy uh, and, you know, you break the lump and there's all powder in the middle and all that, uh, one of those hand blenders is the best for that, do you know, it'll make sure, a curry powder as well, you know, if you're making curry sauce. Uh, it, it's great for getting those lumpy bits out of it. Um, when sometimes it's very difficult to do it with a fork or something or with a whisk. Uh, this is my favorite tools in the kitchen. Handheld blender that can be used to separate soups, smoothies, whipped coffee, and more. I often use it uh, in my Indian cooking just to smooth out some sauce a little to bring the dish together. It's a game changer and I honestly just have to have so much fun using it. Uh, we also don't use an actual blender so t- it's come in handy uh, to make smoothies and shakes as well. Oh yeah, I've used it for smoothies as well. I bought a big pack of like frozen mixed fruit berries and strawberries and all that stuff and put them into a bowl with some uh, milk or something or orange juice and then just blend it up and uh, to make a smoothie out of it or frozen yogurt is very good for that actually as well uh when i was in college i drove through a literal main blizzard to buy an immersion blender because i really wanted soup uh yeah so this is um on the verge it's like there are different uh presenters are picking their favorite kitchen gadgets actually one of my favorites because i'm a big fan of popcorn um i had one of the air popcorn poppers and i found the popcorn very dry and not very tasty and I got another one. What else did I get? I had another type of popcorn and it was just kept burning it all the time. But the, the I I ended up getting one from America and it was called a West Bend popcorn maker. Uh, I forget the exact, but it was um, West Bend anyway was the brand or was the name on it. Um, I've, it's a name I've never heard before or since, but it's very good. It's um it's like a half bowl shape and it has a flat plate. And, um, with kind of concave sides on it. And, uh, it has, uh, just a little metal rod going across from the middle across, uh, like two hands of a clock, uh, that are pointing just one straight one that goes top to bottom and, uh, it mixes, goes around and around. So you pour your, your seeds in your popcorn, uh, maize, I think it is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, popcorn seeds into it. And you put, I found the best combo was put a small bit of butter and a small bit of, uh, oil. And uh, let it mix around and around, and then you put a lid on it for the popping. And the lid is actually a bowl that you can eat the popcorn out of. So it just keeps stirring them, so it stops them from burning, and uh, they pop. And then when they're when they're all popped, when the the noising slows down or stops, you flip it over uh, onto its uh, onto the bowl, and then you take it off, and the bowl is all ready to go. And then you put your your uh, your salt or whatever you want on them. And it's ready to go, yeah. And I found that's the best all-round one. It doesn't burn the popcorn. It pops them all very well. It doesn't dry them out. Uh, so, compared to the air poppers. So, yeah, I found I found that the, the best. Uh, when it comes to popcorn... Um, cooking apps. Oh, so there's lots of cooking apps. Yeah, there's. I've, that's very good. And YouTube is actually a very good app for cooking. Uh, whenever I'm looking for meals, um, say my wife is from the Philippines and sometimes she likes to have some home cooking. So I, um, I look up YouTube videos of like chicken adobo or chicken tocino or different meals from the Philippines and I can cook them uh, as close as I can get to original. You know, we, we'd be missing some ingredients, but... We'd have a lot of them and there's some great, um, stores in Limerick that sell, uh, food from all over the world and different ingredients from all over the world. So it's very good to be able to get fairly close to original, uh, cooking and, uh, it seems to go down well anyway. So, uh, but yeah, but, uh, YouTube has been very handy and, um, yeah, uh, there's a lot, a lot of websites as well, um. If you're ever into Filipino food, there's Panlasang Pinoy is a website and it gives, um, it's very, if you want to do it quickly, like it gives the full list of ingredients. Uh, you can kind of click, uh, say so it gives the whole, it's a long um, article about how to cook and all that. And then at the bottom, it gives ingredients and then gives the method as well. But there's a, once it opens, you can, you can just click on ingredients uh, at the top. There's a little fast link thing and it shows you all the ingredients and then once you have the ingredients together you can click on um uh method and it'll pop go straight to method and then you can get cooking straight away so it's very handy uh for that and to actually bring tech into it um uh, when I'm cooking as well I got one of the um, the screens uh, there's lots of different ones there apple make them google amazon uh lots of others uh, make them the 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 say, the home speakers with, a, with the screen built in the what did I, Google hub or something like that. Uh, and I found that very handy as well for uh, for cooking, uh, getting it up and you can use gestures on a lot of them instead of having to touch the screen or, or you can use voice commands to go to the next page. Uh, so, OK, so what do I do now? Do I put the eggs in now or whatever? And it'll tell you. So it's, I find it very handy for that. Uh, let's see what else is recommended there. Coffee and tea, uh, electric kettle. So this is a Bonavita electric kettle. So this has the stand, but the, uh, as most of them do, but this stand has a, uh, like a digital screen and has lots of different buttons. So it's, it's a, it's a more advanced than your normal kettle you'd buy for, you know, 15 quid inside and uh, <laughs> 20 quid on sale or something inside in uh, your regular shop. So it's a more fancy version of it. Um, it 's pretty unusual for a kitchen to come with an electric kettle, and uh, it 's pretty unusual, not in Ireland. I think every kitchen in Ireland has an electric kettle honestly i 've got no idea how anyone manages without them obviously um the main thing my kettle gets used for is brewing cups of tea, but it 's just a happy uh, it 's just as happy boiling water for coffee if you 're brewing it in a device like an aeropress. Uh, when the water is boiled, uh, the power automatically cuts off, which certainly feels so. This is uh, in America; it's unusual to have an electric, um, an electric uh, kettle for boiling water. That's that's mad. I think every house in Ireland has one. Uh, coffee makers, oh, so there's. <laughs> I have a lot of experience. I've never drank a cup of coffee in my life, but I have a lot of experience with coffee makers. But this seems to be in the article. Seems to be more fancy ones with all the beans. Now it's all the pod ones. I've tried, I bought uh, an own brand of a shop um, version of the Nespresso ones, the the small ones, and it worked good for about a month or two and just gave up, it uh, wouldn't work anymore. I bought um, the Dolce Gusto one, which was a branded name. I forget exactly, uh, was it Crops or something like that? And um, the Bosch version of the the T- Tassimo one and they're both still working they both still work very good it was just came did you know we went to different shops and i was like oh i want to get those pods and we said well we don't have the machine for that one but then we saw the machine on sale so we got that one and then we saw other pods cheaper in other places and so i <laughs> kind of ended up getting two or three of the pod machines but the nespresso one um seemed to give up uh, anyway, but the other two are still going uh but they are handy all right but they I suppose they wouldn 't be the best for the environment uh, I suppose the more natural way to go would be um or the better way to go would be the more nat- the, the old fashioned way with the the beans and all that. Uh, And they seem to be getting more popular. It's kind of a, uh, there's an art to it and all that kind of thing. And this is what they seem to be going into here. Uh, I like my overpriced barista virtuoso coffee grinder. It's expensive, but has served me well for nearly five years. It works well for everything from fine pressed espresso to coarse French press. Almost every part is replaceable as well, meaning I can keep it going for many more years to come. Apparently the exact model I have being replaced uh by a newer one this year with a digital timer so it's almost the same uh, yeah so yeah it all depends uh, with any of these gadgets and kitchen things it all depends if you're a massive coffee person and you're really into making the fanciest coffee possible you're going to invest in things like that if you're not you might get one of the pod ones you want to try different chocolate ones and different things it all depends on what what you're into i suppose simple tools a fish spatula so this is a metal metal spatula um the only thing is with metal implements you have to be careful when it comes to non-stick uh, because you can scratch them so i try to use non-metal do you know what i've gone back to there's a lot of uh going back to retro stuff i'm going back to using a wooden spoon again it's very handy for everything and you're not worrying about plastics thin as well i'm trying to avoid plastics as much as i can now even plastics in the frying pan you know flipping things and stuff like I have um like a burger flipper thing, a uh, plastic one, and all the top of it is all worn down is all from being used and you know that plastic again is going into the food so i'm going back to the wooden spoon it's great you can flip things over you can stir things you can you know scoop things up it might be the the sharpest edges for getting in under flat burgers or something like that but it does the job you know use a, a fork as well just be careful not to scratch the the bottom of the frying pan when you're doing it but um the, the, the spatula they're showing here is a metal one so uh yeah it i suppose if you're using certain types maybe um like a, a steel walk or whatever it is might be okay you know uh, some of them you can use metal implements in and it won't make much of a difference but uh the definitely the the non-stick um coatings are not don't go well with metal and once they get scratched in the food is getting stuck there every time and it, it becomes very annoying uh, turner spatula. So there's lots, lots of different spatulas. A good set of knives as well is always good. I actually bought a knife uh, ages ago, just one individual one. Um, but it's like an all-round. It's not too big and not too small. You know, it can it can go through bones and stuff if you're chopping, or it can chop small bits of garlic or whatever. But it came with, um, for want of a better word, like a scabbard that it goes into. <laughs> not that it's like for a sword, but uh, like a plastic holder for it. But it has... Um, a built-in sharpener in it like a v-shaped um sharpening uh, stone or whatever or a small one built into it so every time it put it back in and you can just put it in and out of the container to sharpen it and i it kind of does work it stays like it's older now than or it's the same age as other knives i have or close enough and it's much sharper cuz i every so often i go whoosh, 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 back and forth and sharpen it up a bit maybe it's just it's just a gimmick and I'm falling for it but it does feel like it's still sharp it still cuts through things and things like that more than just other knives that just wash and put back in the drawer uh cutting board that's another thing uh t- today's theme seems to be plastics uh, because um this is a wooden cutting board and i'm thinking of going i have two or three cutting boards different sizes i have one glass one which is good but it's very noisy you know if when you're you feel like you're going to break the glass when you're chopping something um but the other two are plastic and that's the same thing as well they're frayed and they're worn and where are all those bits of plastic going you know so uh i'm thinking of dumping those two plastic ones and go back to getting a wooden one you know um and a oh a good tip for a cutting board actually is um get if you're getting a wooden one get the ones with the little channels along the edges of them because i often um so we do a ham, uh, sometimes if we're having a, a family dinner or something, and I would take it out of the pot, kind of three quarters cooked. And then I chop it up with a, like, I know it's kind of, uh, old fashioned, but I use the electric cutting knife, uh, an old Krups one they have from years ago. And, uh, then I'd put like honey and different stuff on it and just finish it off, uh, to kind of crisp up the skin, um. Uh, in the oven but all the juice runs out of it and if i use the wrong one it'll run out and onto the counter and all over the place uh, and see it's hard to chop it if it's it's still in the container because you have high sides and you'd be hitting you'd be hitting the, before you get to the bottom of the ham or whatever you're cutting, you'll be getting to the bottom of the, to the sides of the tray. So you want a kind of flat cutting board, all right, but the ones with the channels in the side will catch a, a fair amount of the juice anyway before it runs off and runs down into the counter and everything, and then you can just lift it and pour it out wherever you want. Uh, so that's a little tip. No, uh, no harm to have one with the, and this one in the picture is a bamboo one and it does have the channels on the side. So very handy. That's actually something I must pick up myself. Get rid of the plastic ones. Uh, pancake batter mixer. Uh, so this is just a, what is it? You, you just pour pancake mix into it and you shake it. That's a bit, well, just use a bowl and mix it there. I don't, I don't know. Um, also i don't i never buy pancake mix i just like I, i saw it somewhere once years ago and i just i have used the recipe it's like a cup of milk a cup of flour and an egg and blend them together and make pancakes and it seems to work grand i've never had a problem with it it always worked good my mother had this thing years ago she used to make pancakes but she had a thing about letting it settle that oh no don't once you make the mix you have to let it settle first Don't make it uh, until half an hour. (laughs) I was just throwing an egg, throwing a cup of milk, throwing a cup of flour, blend it up and just pour it into the... I use the hand blender and then uh, pour it into the (laughs) frying pan fairly straight. Well, another trick is put um, uh, oil, a fairly decent amount of oil into the pan, let it heat up and run it all around. Make sure you coat all the pan and then pour it out into a small container and then pour in your uh, pancake. Make the pancake take out the pancake and then pour the oil back in again, coat it up again, pour it out and then pour in the pancake mix again and kind of reuse the same oil over between each pancake to kind of re-coat. Because if you leave the oil in and you cook the pancake, it's going to be all greasy and everything. But if you don't put any oil or if you just put a, you know don't do it properly, uh, or or you don't put more oil in after uh, each pancake, it'll start getting stuck, and uh, yeah, so I found that that works very well. Uh, Yeah, so this is a pancake shaker, which I don't know, uh, it's a bit... You don't really need it. We use a lot of garlic in my household, and traditional garlic presses never did it for us. They use uh, usually produce a messy, slushy paste. A friend of ours introduced us to the garlic rocker, which is not only fun to play with but produces beautifully minced pieces of garlic, perfect for sautéing and other uses. Uh, so this is um, it's all one metal. It's like a um, It's like, do you ever see those, uh, the knives that they use in certain, is it chopped, that restaurant to chop up things? uh, It's two handles on the edge of it and you rock it back and forth. It's like a curved blade. Well, it's like that, but it's flat and you just. how how would you even explain it? it has a, it's just all one metal and a, it's it's flat at the bottom and high at the two sides where you hold it with your fingers. And the, the flat part at the bottom has loads of little holes in it. So you just push it down on top of the garlic and you rock it back and forth and back and forth. And it, it uh, comes up through the holes in the bottom of it. Uh, so a little mincer thing. Uh, digital scale is another thing for weighing things. I have the old-fashioned scale. um the the spring-loaded one uh, I've used for years. It's so I wouldn't be using... That's another thing. You know, if you're big into baking, you might invest in a digital scale. But I have the old-fashioned one that does the job. I don't use it that often. Uh, I usually... Most of the, the ingredients or recipes I use usually in sizes. You know, you can... A, a bowl of this or a pint or a, a 300 ml or whatever... Uh, so uh, it usually doesn't go by weight on so a, mo- a lot of the ingredients I cook, but sometimes it does. But sometimes you you know the weight already. You know if you have a small bag with, uh, or you can kind of guess, which <laughs> I do. Some, you know if you have three hundred grams and you need a uh, hundred and fifty grams, I just pour half of it in. Uh, that that sh- that looks like half. That should be fairly close, and uh, it usually comes out okay. Uh, microplane grater. Uh, so this is. Uh, it looks like um, one that carpenters would use for a. <laughs> for, it's like a handle with a tree-sided grater. Uh, so I have the old. Um, it's like a very thin grater. Uh, like it looks like a file, like a file for doing metalwork or woodwork, uh, but it's obviously hollow and it's tree-sided. Uh, so. Uh, or is it three-sided? Maybe it's only one side, but they just show the flat side towards us. Or maybe it's only one side. Or you just, uh, so it's like you can use it to zest lemons or oranges or things like that. Um, I have the old, the big one, the big triangular one with, you know, different uh, fineness. Or one, oh no, Is it even? Yeah, one does slices, the other one does like grated cheese kind of size, and the other one is like a zester then. Uh, The tree side, so this is more of a handheld one. It's like, um, there's another name for them in woodwork, I forget. Uh, Like a rasp or something I think they call them. Uh, premium classic series zester grater. Oh, yeah, so that's that one. Uh, label maker. That's another thing I must invest in actually, because I will need it. I would find it very handy. I actually, something I'm doing at the moment, I cleaned out all under my stairs and I have like two big containers of mixed, mostly gadgets and stuff. Uh, not surprisingly for me. Um, but I have, I bought all these containers, uh, to sort them out into. Uh, but the only thing is, the containers have like built-in lids. They're connected to the sides, and you flip them over, and then I'll be stacking them up. But if I need to find something, and that's why I would, I would uh, love to have a label maker. It's really something I must get. Um, and so this is recommending a dynamo one. Uh, you feel, you think of label makers as an office gadget, but I keep mine in the kitchen. It's a must-have, yeah, because you can use it anywhere. Uh, also, building computers or. Um, You know, you want to mark in cables if you're doing a DJ. If you're a DJ and you want to mark, you know, left channel, right channel or a positive, negative terminals or different things, uh, label makers are very, very handy. You can fold them over on top of each other if you're putting them on cables as well. They're not just stickers uh, that you can put onto something. Uh, They can also... Uh, fold in half uh, over a wire and then you can have you know um channel one or channel two or you know input or output or whatever uh so definitely label maker something very handy this is uh, the one they're saying there is dynamo label maker 280 but a lot of them are very similar um they have different types of labels and different sizes of labels and different fonts and different things but uh i just getting a, a kind of a basic enough one with a good with a good ribbon of um of a uh, label in it. Uh, salad spinner. Are those still a thing? We had one of those years ago with the crank handle on the top and you spin it around the enclosed bowl for spinning salads. <laughs> is, that, is that necessary? <laughs> I thought that was a bit of a gimmick years ago, but they're still on the go. I love my saddle sp- uh, salad? Saddle? salad spinner. I know it's bulky and there isn't a lot of space in my small kitchen apartment, but it's well worth the real estate. After washing greens, the towel method is so messy and it is so easy and fast. Uh, so, yeah, I haven't, I, yeah, I don't know, I, I just mix them by hand in a bowl. I then pour a bit of a vinaigrette or Caesar dressing or something on top. Um, yeah, so I haven't, I haven't used that one. Uh, frozen pop molds. They could be handy if you want to make like, uh, say you get some mango and you blend it up and you want to make, uh, popsicles out of it or, or, uh, blueberries or, you know, if you want to make kind of healthier, um healthier ones instead of the ones that will be so full of sugar and things. Now I know fruit themselves have sugar, but the likes of blueberries would have a bit less. Uh, so if you want to make a, a smoothie, popsicle or something like that, uh, popsicle maker. So they're just molds with um, with like a stick and a flat top uh, that goes down in into it and then you just freeze them up and you can pull them out and uh, have uh, like calyp- calipos, calypso's calipos from years ago. Uh, uh, they're like them, but with less, uh, the less sugar if if you want to do it that way. Or you could, um, I wonder, could you use like yogurt and mix fruit with it? Uh, so like a whole smoothie mix and then make the popsicle out of that. That would be very handy if you could. That's another thing I might be interested in is something like that. Uh, making it healthier because I'm trying to eat a bit healthier lately. Uh, so that might be a good idea for that. Uh, so that's the kitchen gadgets that actually took a lot more <laughs> a lot more time than I was thinking, but very useful i think i find so i can uh, we still have a bit of time so i can go quickly through uh, some of the the rest of them a new low calorie speaking of healthier a version of mars bars will hit the supermarket shelves next month the naked version of the mars bar is made with date paste nuts and raisins and was created after the uk government cracked down on in-store promotion of food with high fat salt and sugar um the new bar which won't be covered in chocolate like the typical bars mars bar why don't they cover it in like really dark chocolate or something um that would be a healthier than um than uh, non-chocolate um uh, and uh, it's about 50 calories less than the classic treat uh, so yeah there there is a way like you could do use dark chocolate use stevia instead of sugar and uh yeah there are still ways to make stuff that would taste pretty good uh, if you get the right mix, um, uh, Google's Russian branch plans to file for bankruptcy. Russian authorities have seized Google's bank account in the in the country. Uh, Google's Russian subsidiary will file for bankruptcy, according to a report from Reuters, uh, with the company starting, stating it can no longer keep the branch uh, open. The Russian branch reported take, making 1.34.3 billion rubles, about two Point eight six billion us dollars in russia in 2021 and employed over 100 workers the russian authorities' seizure of google russia's bank account has made it untenable for uh, a russian office to function including employing and paying russian-based employees paying suppliers and vendors and meeting our f- other financial obligations a google spoke spokesperson said in a statement uh, Google's Russia, Google Russia has published a notice of its intention to file for bankruptcy in March Google suspended the sale of ads in Russia shortly after Russia invaded Ukraine uh, Google owned YouTube also moved to ban ads on channels owned by Russian state backed media and later blocked these channels completely uh, last December. Russia fined Google 7.2 billion rubles, 98 million US dollars at the time of writing, after it failed to remove content Russia considers illegal from its platforms. Uh, a fine made up of about eight percent of Google's revenue in Russia. Uh, so, yeah, they're they're gone. Uh, Google are gone from Russia. Uh, McDonald's as well. I saw it in the news the other day. Are gone from Russia. They closed all of their um, all of their stores in Russia uh the a perfect chip it's oh yeah so this is about chips <laughs> a perfect chip it's golden brown 2 inches long with crispy outside and fluffy inside um a new survey found uh more than 40% of us prefer a chunky chip uh 22% of us prefer skinny fries and 5% go for wedges. Uh, ketchup is the most popular sauce for dipping, followed by mayonnaise at 31% and 10% admitting to dipping their chips in ice cream. What about curry? I thought curry chips would be fairly popular. Um, what's my favorite type of chips? I suppose, uh, yeah, kind of the steak fries, you know, a chunky, um, chunky ones with um, crispy on the outside. Uh, like um, if anyone has ever been to Jackie Lennox's in Cork, or even Dino's in Cork. Those kind of uh, chunky chips are uh, very, very good. Uh, yeah, there's lots of different restaurants around the place to do. Lots of different types of chips. Not a big fan of the very skinny chips, though. But I would say that now I haven't eaten chips in about three and a half months. So uh, Let's see. Marvel Studios is licensing Stan Lee's likeness from uh, the company he sued before his death. Lee sued POW uh, Entertainment in 2018. Even though Stanley uh, has been dead since 2018, a new deal between Marvel Studios and POW uh, its like pow with an exclamation mark. Entertainment may be a sign that the legendary comics creator is going to be appearing in more than a few Marvel based projects in the near future. Uh, pow entertainment uh, the production house stan lee co-founded in 2001 and subsequently sued in 2018 for allegedly forging his signature on legal documents has entered a licensing agreement with genius brands and marvel studios granting the hollywood giant the right to use lee's likeness in in uh, upcoming projects Uh, in a press release about 20 year about the 20-year deal, Genius Brand CEO and Chairman Andy Hayward expressed feelings of pride and stewardship for the incredibly valuable rights to Stan Lee's name, likeness, merchandise and intellectual property. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? And he was suing them before he died. Yeah, he probably wanted to give the rights to his family or whatever, but this company seems to seems to have, uh, have won it or ha- seems to have it. So Disney is... Um, licensed the uh, likeness from from them uh, so it doesn't sound good uh, there was no better place than marvel and disney where stan uh, should be for his movies and theme park experiences as hayward uh, as we enter the centennial year of stan, of stan's birthday december 28 2022 we are thrilled to see his memory and legacy will continue to delight fans through this new long-term agreement with marvel I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, uh, not a big fan of that now. Uh, vapors are being urged to use some Aroma, not to use some Aroma, e, uh, aroma King e-cigarette products because of excessive levels of nicotine. Uh, the HSE has issued a recall of the products as precaution. They include Aroma King bar 600 puffs and 700 plus puff. 46 um, ranges and flavours of Aroma King disposable e-cigarettes are included in the warning. Uh, head of Environmental Health in the HSE, Morris Mulcahy, says some were found to have very high levels of nicotine. Let's see what he had to say about that. Products were advertised at being legally compliant. And, and the manufacturers and importance of a legal liability to make sure they are compliant. In these instances where we took these samples, they're in excess of that up to two and a half times higher than the legal limit. Yeah, I suppose it's very important to have a uh, good regulation with things like that. Uh, fewer Americans think big tech should have more regulations. A majority think it's it's likely social platforms intentionally censor based on political views. Um, this is in The Verge. Uh, how people feel about big tech has changed in the last year. A new study from Pew Research found that fewer people in the US want more regulations for big tech companies. The decline, which spans across a political spectrum, uh, showed that forty-four percent of Americans are in favour of more government regulation, uh, and compared to fifty-six percent that said uh, or that um, said it last year. So the it has turned for the majority wanting less uh, regulation when it comes to censorship. Well, you saw so I saw something um, came out recently. Um, some um, there was like an undercover journalist talking to a. Uh, one of Twitter's, uh, an employee at Twitter and said that they're all kind of very far left. He said we're, we're a commie, a commie as hell or something like that, that they're very communist uh, in, in their politics and that the, the the company kind of skews that way when it comes to um, censorship and things like that. They're very far left. Uh, that that was important to that, this employee according to the thing. And I saw Elon Musk was commenting on it and things like that and he's looking at buying them at the moment but th- that sale could actually be fallen through at the moment I saw um, uh, he was saying that so they said that they were, they had 5% uh, were bots were like um, not real people you know uh, accounts on it that they were just set up by individuals or governments or whatever it was to skew different things or to push political opinions or to just, I don't know, a lot of them are just annoying. And, um, he seems to be, you know, now that he's able to see the books and stuff, uh, it seems to be that the it, the percentage is a lot higher, uh, of bots uh, on Twitter. And he, what was it? Um, Joe Biden, they they looked into Joe Biden and it was 50% of his followers were not real people uh so that's huge and he's e- either going to be still w- interested in purchasing but at a lesser price because it's much smaller user base because it's all about user base it's all about the amount of real people that you can kind of advertise to or you can uh have real users because that's what advertisers pay that's how you make revenue the amount of people um you have using the platform, so he might end up paying less, or the deal might fall through. So I have to wait and see. But people, uh, yeah, people's belief. I suppose it's leaking through that that people are are starting to realize that, that there is a skew uh, in 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 that. And I suppose what Elon Musk wants to do is just have it more uh, follow the laws of the land. You know, follow the law of wherever it is, uh, whichever country it is, and uh, and do it that way. The first case of monkeypox has been confirmed in the US. Health officials say a man who recently returned to Massachusetts from Canada has uh, has the virus. A small number of infections have already been reported in the UK, Portugal and Spain. Monkeypox is a uh, monkey I guess monkeypox. Monkeypox is a viral infection which is spread by very close contact. Oh, uh, not another one. I hope this isn't the beginning of anything else. Uh, hopefully not now. Um, okay what's this the best smartphone you can buy for under 500 so let's see some of the budget smartphones they are recommended this is on the verge um, yeah we have not too much time left iPhone SE so that's the budget version of the iPhone it's the one with the fairly good specs inside but tiny outside small screen and all that uh, Samsung Galaxy A53 5G, for and, and that um, iPhone is $429. This is $449. All-round device uh, for $449. a 53 5G delivers solid performance. All-day battery, 6.5-inch OLED screen, 120 hertz refresh rate. That's pretty good specs. Uh, and the IP67 waterproof rating as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, iPhone SE, we said that one. Uh, Samsung Galaxy A53, we just said that one as well, this is, I don't know why, TCL 20S, I've never used a TCL phone, uh. Uh, the best 4G phone under 300, so this is under 300 to 20S, Uh, does it say some of the specs, 6.67 inch screen, 1080p, Um, fingerprint sensor, uh, fingerprint resistant back and as well, Uh, micro sized uh, prismatic crystals on its back gives it a subtle shimmer but it it doesn't attract fingerprints. Uh, The camera system is nothing to write home about. 64 megapixel main camera, 15 megapixel front camera are capable of taking detailed photos in good lighting, but don't use them for night or macro photography. Okay, Uh, so that's the TCL. Motorola Moto G Stylus the best budget phone with a stylus. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's, let's see any of the specs. 4G only 6.8 inch screen, 1080p, 5,000 milliamp hour. That's good size battery. 128 gig internal storage. It's a media tech Helio processor. I've used one of them once in a phone I had years ago. Um, Uh, And I didn't find it great. The It was troublesome enough. But I'm saying that now I have a Snapdragon 888 and I'm getting trouble out of it at the moment. So Uh, Motorola Moto G style. Yeah, so that's one's 300. Um, Motorola Moto G Pure is another one under 200. um, $160. 4G only. um, 13 megapixel rear camera. Good battery. So this is really in the budget um, category. Uh let's see, one plus Nord N twenty five G, uh sixty Hz refresh rate. and uh, uh, but unless you're coming from a phone with nine oh so you would know the difference, they're saying. Uh 33 w wired charging, so kind of semi-fast charging. Uh not to 30% 20 minutes. 64 megapixel camera is fine. The other two cameras, a low res macro and monochrome sensor, are best ignored um yeah it has does it have five sub 6g 5g one plus will sell it unlocked at some point uh, so that's the one Plus Nord 282. Yeah, so that's uh, that's some of the budget phones, and that's our show for today. As always, you can call 69 6 200 or text or WhatsApp at or email patrick102fm at gmail.com. This has been Tech Thursday. I've been Patrick Sheen. I'll be with you again next week. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.